0: Hey, this is Dirk from Uren, from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host OJ, and today's episode, Tom Osman is chatting with Kurt Weinstein of the new supergroup I Am, and also Down, and also Crowbar, and also Icepick. Is Icepick still a thing? Anyway, and a solo record too. Kirk's a busy, busy, busy man. He's got more riffs than you. Anyway, enjoy.
1: Hi, this is Tom from Ghost Cult, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Kirk Winstein. You may know him as the frontman of Crowbar, or from his time in Down, or from his solo music. And, yeah, we're here to talk about his latest band, I Am, which also features Kenny Hickey and Johnny Kelly from previously Typo Negative in other bands, and also Todd Strange, who has played with Kirk in multiple other bands, I guess. So Yeah,
0: Crowbar, and he was the original bassist for Down as well.
1: And was he actually in Crowbar before Crowbar was Crowbar?
0: Yes. We were originally called The Slugs because it was slow, you know, stuff. And uh, when we got... We broke up, like, very briefly, and then it was just at the time it was me, Todd, and Jimmy. And then we got another drummer, uh, the original drummer from a band down in New Orleans uh, called Graveyard Rodeo. And that just didn't really work out, so we kind of broke up very briefly, and then we got a phone call from an independent label about wanting to sign us. So I called Todd, and Jimmy had moved out of town, Jimmy Bauer did. And they told us we had to change the name, so uh, we changed it to Crowbar, which was a side band I was in. That did absolutely nothing. So the getting the name came in handy because I think it's a great name, and the side band was doing nothing. Uh, but we uh, we quickly got Craig Noonanmacher on drums, and Kevin Noonan, who played with me in Victoria Blitz, my metal cover song band. We got them on uh, second guitar and drums. Uh, to do our first record obedience through suffering as crowbar but yeah todd was with me from the very beginning me and jimmy kind of started it and then todd you know we'd hang out with todd all the time and we're like you know well, let's give it a shot we thought it was cool to get the big dude on bass you know and you know it was great so he's a killer bass player and a great dude so
1: so there are you know there are multiple bands from down in new orleans that you're connected to and you've got a lot of history with what's sort of the origin of the relationship with Todd. Did you know each other for a while before you played together or?
0: Yeah. A a few years before he would come see my metal, uh, you know, my metal cover song band, we did originals as well, but you know, we, we had to do a ton of covers in order to get gigs. Um, but, um, we knew each other and we became friendly, just, you know, just acquaintances really just hanging out at the same pubs and, you know, uh, going to the same shows and stuff like that, and he just kind of became part of the scene as I did and Jimmy did and we all did, Phil and Pepper and the whole nine yards, you know, everybody. Um, And, you know, we asked Todd and it worked out great. So, you know, in in hindsight, it was the right thing to do and it it, it, it definitely worked
1: out great. And I was watching an interview with you the other day and it was the first time that I ever noticed this typo-negative tattoo that you've got on your hand when when did you get this
0: um about it's been a while i would say at least probably 10 years ago or something oh shit i think i mean it was after peter passed away you know but they were they've always been one of my top few bands favorite bands you know ever anyway you know sometimes we'll be at uh in the studio or at rehearsal or whatever writing with i am and i'm like it's kind of weird now, you know. I mean, Johnny and Kenny, and it wasn't really the, you know. I mean, I'm, look, I'm proud of it. I'm still, still one of my favorite bands, and it's great to be jamming with the guys. You know, it's it's really coming out fantastic. But sometimes I'm like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have gotten it. You know, and if I had known, I'd be in a band with these dudes. You know, Uh maybe I wouldn't. But you know, I mean, I don't. I never. I, in all honesty, I mean, I, it's still. You know, I listen to Type all the time. Yeah. Although it's weird now yeah it's not weird it's just different now yeah hear all the stories from the inside and you know we've really become uh much closer like we knew each other we were we were friendly with each other and you know we'd party back in the day and whatnot if we if we ran into one another but we never kept in contact and stuff like that and it's like you know now uh being in a band it's a constant you know group email, group chat. I mean, I, I spoke with Kenny after I went to the gym this morning for, you know, 20, 25 minutes or something about some tracks I had done last night. Like, it, it works out great because the studio that we use down here in the New Orleans area is about a mile from Robin and I's house. And I'm super great friends with uh Dwayne Seminole, the guy, that, the engineer who's producing it. Uh So he's five minutes down the road for me. And Kenny's got a home studio in Staten Island that's compatible with Dwayne. So Kenny can do stuff at home and send it in files and I can do, go do my part. You know, we go back and forth and talk about it and make, you know, make changes here and there or whatever. So it's really working out great. And now it's a situation where uh, Kenny and I as the main songwriters, even though he's, he, he more so because he's, in my opinion, he's the lead vocalist. Now, last night I did lead vocals for the first time on a song. He really liked it, but there's still room to get his voice in too. You know, we're trying to do, you know, it won't be 50 50 on vocals. T- as soon as he opened his mouth, I'm like, you're the fucking singer. That That's it, dude. I, I can't, I cannot do that. You know, your voice is incredible. And, but, it, you know, he's constantly, but people want to hear you. And I'm like, well, we'll give it to him in small doses and see, see what happens, you know, if I don't get, uh, too many negative comments or, you know, whatever shit thrown at me for trying to sing. Uh, I'm all about it. But, you know, in all seriousness, it's good to have. I've never been in a band with anybody else that can even sing backing vocals. And, like, Johnny actually sing great as well. Johnny, uh, usually the drummer doesn't really sing, but he's he's got a great voice. Uh, So, but it's strange to be now down yeah i mean pepper obviously is a great vocalist pepper keenan and i mean phil's the lead singer we know that you know so that that's established of course he's the front man and lead singer for the band and the you know the the visual thing it, it's all it's all phil but um but we don't do in the studio the vocals the lyrics all that stuff is all phil's world mm. so like what me and kenny are trying to do is kind of split up the work a little bit. It would be like if Phil played guitar and or bass or something and Pepper and I were on guitar, but he was the lead singer, but we'd sing here and there, you know? So I've never been in all of these years of playing music. And I've been, I started jamming in my first band with my, my friends and neighborhood friends, probably in 1981. So 42 on 43 years ago. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's something I've never experienced having another guy that that can play guitar too, you know, like Pepper, of course, but like I said, the down thing is a bad uh, example because it's not like that with this. It's more, you know, it's Kenny to me is the lead vocalist, but I'm going to do a line here and there. And then on this song I tracked last night, I'm, I'm considered the lead vocalist on it. So it's really interesting. It makes it a lot more fun, a lot more, you know, and and uh and it gives a it brings a different element to the band if I'm singing lead on a song the particular song is is a bit darker than or heavier maybe than some of the other shit like my voice he can sing anything you know he can pick up an acoustic and play out in john and the beatles or whatever and it sounds amazing i can't i can't do all well. <laughs> but uh it works out great i guess is uh, i should have said in the to make it a shortcut it works out great it's great teamwork it's true teamwork and it's really a a, a partnership uh, that we're developing uh more so each passing week and every day really you know things are getting sorted out and we're really learning how to feed off of one another in a positive way and i see what he's he understands my style i understand his style and we're learning how to make that work for the band I am, which is the whole, you know, in a nutshell, that's what we want.
1: Well, it seems like from, you know, at the time we're doing this interview, you've released dreams always die in the sun and "Kryptonesia." So from the two tracks that I've been able to listen to so far, it definitely feels like you can hear it's a different kind of dynamic to anything that any of you have done before. And obviously when Kenny was in typo negative, Peter Steele had this incredibly iconic voice and as the main songwriter, they had a very iconic style. And you've like you say, you've got a very different style to Kenny Hickey, but you don't have the same style as Peter Steele. So it creates something entirely new altogether, which I think is uh, it's really kind of exciting to to see what you're gonna do and to hear what you're gonna do.
0: Well I think that like our approach is has been, I mean, look, and you know, the whole reason Crowbar even tunes down low is because of Carnivore, Pete's band prior to typo you know and uh that's where i stole that idea from and you know i've stolen a lot of ideas from peter over the years god bless him but uh i have you know uh but i think you know when we first walked into the room kenny's like how old are you i'm like uh i'll be 58 like in two months he's like and this is early lat th- this year so it's going on a year since we first got together he's like i'm about to be i'm 57 or about to be i don't even know what his birthday is he's like let's just do sh- this fucking tune the guitars normal and play rock and roll with our influences that we just, we can't help. I mean, he can't get away from the sound of type O negative. I can't get away from the sound of crowbar and the, some of the, the sound of down because that's, that's us, you know, that's, that's what we are as musicians and songwriters. Um, but I think that we agreed. you know, he said it and I agreed hundred percent. He's like, let's just do Let's just be influenced by the shit we grew up on. You know, there's a lot of a lot of younger bands, and I really do applaud it. I think it's a wonderful thing that they're trying to do stuff retro and have a retro sound, and I think it's refreshing compared to how mechanical and stuff, you know, things are these days to see younger kids actually singing with a good voice, actually fucking playing shit, you know, without uh, machines and backing tracks and this and that. But like for us, we're like first generation. We're the old folks, you know. This is what we really did. We really did grow up in the seventies on Kiss and Led Zeppelin and and uh, Black Sabbath and Pink Floyd and the Beatles and whatnot. You know, this is all all our influences. You know, uh, and it's it's not saying that that it's not legit for a younger kid to be influenced by that stuff. But we were there when it was really going on. You know, so we're we're hoping that the the experience of it over these last, going on 50 years since, you know, I've I've even heard a Kiss song, you know, maybe 48 years ago. I've, I've been a fan since then. Uh, Zeppelin, of course, you know, I was already a, a fan of as a little kid. I mean, you don't realize how old these bands are. Stairway to Heaven yeah. came out in like 71. I was six years old and it's my favorite song, you know.
1: And you still have the Kiss boots?
0: I do. They're in the closet over here. I'm not allowed to wear them while having beer.
1: okay that's a very clear rule
0: yeah the wife's rule so uh, and it's a good idea
1: so you mentioned about some of the influences I'm wondering between the four of you and maybe you and and uh, Kenny in particular are there any bands that you don't share an appreciation of like are there any bands that someone really really likes that anyone else can't stand or you kind of on the same page with with everything
0: I think we're on the same page because like looking at like you know todd is a little younger than me maybe a year or two uh but brought up on the same same stuff and he had an older brother that's like a year older than me so if you i didn't have an older brother I had a younger sister if you had an older brother then they introduced you to the real you know the the killer ship and really we all grew up on the same stuff i mean and johnny which is a, it's a great thing for a drummer is a super super influenced by funk and and, and stuff like that you know Uh, 70s old school real real deal funk shit and he's extremely knowledgeable um i don't want to say for a drummer but but he's (laughs) he's extremely knowledgeable about like he's really turned into kind of an arranger you know of of songs and uh but you know in in this band it's it's really it's not about me. It's not about Kenny. It's, 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 it's the four of us, you know, we make the band what's special. I mean, Todd is an extremely important part of it as well. Um, and, you know, like he came up with a killer riff in the first session at OCD recording and production here, like a mile from my house, right outside New Orleans. That was back in June and we wrote an entire song around it and it's a great song. So, you know, everybody definitely puts their, the the chemistry is there and everybody is, is equally important in my opinion to making this band uh, a great band and something that can, we can do, you know?
1: And going back to, I guess, the genesis of I Am, how did this first come about? Like, obviously, like you mentioned, you go way back with all of them one way or another, but was this actually the first time that you, you actually played together with, with Kenny and Johnny or? um... Yeah. I mean,
0: we, Andrew Spaulding, who is the owner of uh, Corpse Paint Records, who's our uh, record label and basically manager right now, um, he used to do, he was a merch guy for Type O Negative and was really good friends with him. And then Andrew and I became really good friends a, a good while back. He was living uh, right near where we're at. And... Uh, you know, we, it was his idea. It was like his dream or something. He wanted to have his own record label. And then he's like, I just think if I got Johnny and Kenny in a room with you and Todd, something special would happen. So he did it. You know, he, he really did to his credit. He kind of, you know, we probably would have talked about it and it never would have fucking happened till, you know, I go on email one day and I got confirmations for a plane flight, And I'm like, well, apparently I'm going to Florida and getting together with these guys. So the first, uh, experience was a good one for for our dreams always die with the sun kenny had two riffs and then i wrote like an outro riff to his so we were like we kind of pieced it together and said okay this is a song but it was so quick you know we were thrown into a room together jam for a few hours and everybody had traveled all day and whatnot uh so we went out to dinner went and got a good night's sleep and went and went drove of like three or four hours to another part of Florida. And we went Gainesville, Florida now at a studio. And we technically figured out the arrangement to the song and ran through it. And then Johnny did drums. He had to fly out the next morning early. Uh, And then, so we really had like one evening, one full day to do drum tracks and, and arrange a song. And then the next day was all the guitars, bass and vocals. And then, I think the next day we went home. Uh, and and that was that was it. So we didn't have time to really feed off of one another. It was kind of just go for it. Let's see what happens. And under un, under the circumstances, it really came out great. But now you know we have a formula that that works. We're comfortable. We know each other. We know each other's. I mean, when you put two guys from Brooklyn in the room with two guys from New Orleans. So we come from complete, we have so much in common, but we come from completely different upbringings and cultures.
1: Are there any, are there any kind of particular like culture clashes that you notice coming up between the New Orleans guys and the the New York guys, anything that stands out?
0: No, just in, in the beginning of it, me and Todd would just look at each other and laugh. And then you got Dwayne in the studio, the the producer, uh, Dwayne Semino, you got Vinnie LaBella and you got uh johnny Gann, who uh is uh i call him studio johnny because we have johnny kelly the drummer then we have studio johnny who's the intern for Dwayne, and he's a great great kid he does a great job but we're all like new orleans people kind of like you know kenny and johnny will go off in in some argument or just the way that they talk is different like you know everybody is different uh the way they, it's just, it's just it took us a little while. Like everybody's kind of looking at each other, like, a are they fighting?" And we're like, "No, that's just the way they fucking talk to each other." You know. Now we laugh. I just sit back and crack up laughing. I look at Todd. I look at anybody, Dwayne, Vinny, Johnny, Studio Johnny, whatever. And we're just cracking up laughing while they're they just going. I mean, they've they grew up together, you know, and they've been doing music for since they're teenagers, you know, before Time on Negative and shit. So. Um, You know, that's the only thing. It's not a culture clash. It's just different.
1: Yeah. No, I I know what you mean. I know like New York has that reputation or people, there have the reputation like it's all quite fast paced and people might seem like they're rude to each other and it might seem like they're arguing, but it's just kind of the the fast way that they interact.
0: Exactly. Like they're not really being rude to them, to each other or to us at all. It just took us a little bit to get used to it. I mean, I'm used to working with Jamie Josta and he's from Connecticut. So he's not a New Yorker, but he's right there, you know, geographically. It's still, it's still the Northeast. It's still basically the same kind of culture. Um, And even with Josta, it took me a little while to realize how much more, like maybe down here, we try to soften things up and sugarcoat it a little bit where their attitude is more like, Quit beating around the fucking bush and just let's get it out. This needs to happen. This is not happening, blah, 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 you know, and it works better that way. I've gotten comfortable doing business. Jamie manages the crowbar and manages all of my affairs and everything. And uh, I've got, I've gotten comfortable when we have time to just have a talk as friends. We do, but when it's business, I now realize to get to the point, quit, you know, and and people are just that's why they call the ones a big easy things are just at a slower pace down here where there's a term you know as fast as a New York second or something up there everything's so fast paced everybody's in a hurry and it's not like that down here but you know it's it's gone on a year and in the next two months or something since we first got together so you know we really really have a great to me and I think I can speak for the other guys the working relationship is great the creativity is amazing you know, during this last session together, Kenny's like, can't believe how much shit we're writing, you know. I wish we could just all go to a castle for like a month like Zeppelin used to do, you know. we come out with 30 fucking songs, you know. It would be amazing. I mean, that can't happen, but it would be amazing if if we could.
1: So that, you mentioned how in the first session, you basically came up with Dreams Always Die in the Sun, and you you wrote it, you recorded it, you basically did everything from that session and then you released that as the first track. Is that kind of the way things went with Cryptomnesia? And is that kind of common for you? Have you done that in the past where you've like sort of d- done tracks to completion and then moved on to another one? I guess I would have imagined that it's more common to to be working on several songs all together and gradually preparing them as a whole.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely more common and more in my career. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this where four guys are just put in a room And given basically, you know, two days and a few hours on one evening to create a song. They've never jammed together. You never, you know, you had a chance to bounce ideas off of one another or any of this. And you got you got a deadline, you got a flight to catch at a certain point. And Johnny had to go do a gig with Quiet Riots. So he had to leave. He only had one full day to lay down drums. And then we had to arrange a song and do that. And I remember. That evening, Kenny was texting me from his hotel room telling me he had he had lyrics and he had and he he said something about dreams always die with the son I said that's a great title. I love that. So um, you know, from there it I mean it worked out smooth. It was just that that whole that whole encounter, that whole get together was over before we even knew it. Like I'm listening to it on my phone waiting to get on an airplane, you know, having a beer, and I'm like, wow, this song's fucking badass, you know. It didn't exist, you know, if like we flew in on a Monday, and I think Johnny had to fly out, I think on the I think the Wednesday, uh to get to have he had to go rehearse or something. I I forget, but um I'm getting old. But uh you know, it went so quick, it was over before you even knew it. And it was kind of like, wow, you know, and I'm like, well, this could really be cool,
1: you know. And where are you at at the moment with the the songwriting process? I think in an interview I saw with you from a few weeks ago, you said that you'd written maybe half a dozen tracks. So what's the, where have you got to with the writing and the recording so far?
0: Well, it, if you exclude uh, Dreams, I was, I was a because that was done separately. Cryptomnesia just happened to be we got four solid songs down in that writing and recording session back in June and early July and then we got six on this last so we really have including Cryptomnesia we really have ten tracks that we have written and got the drum tracks down for uh, at Dwayne's studio here the OCD recording and production that we're working on uh, guitars and vocals back and forth from New York and, and the studio here uh, right now. So we actually have, because I'm sure we'll include Cryptomnesia on the on a record. We don't know yet, and I don't want to get too much into it. There's thought of possibly two EPs just so we can have something out. We can have a real product besides a single and a video, like an actual, you know, more than one song out and splitting it into two EPs, maybe writing a few more songs or going through them and saying, you know what, maybe we need to get together one more time and write a few more. We can do better than this particular. I mean, I've forgotten almost all of it. Even riffs that I wrote and shit. I don't even remember. I don't remember them. I have to hear the stuff, you know, again, because, uh, that's just the way it is. When, when you write like totally, uh, Bouncing ideas off one another and write spontaneously, like on the spot, creating then it's laid down and you move on to something else, so I don't have a reference to go back and listen to right now, so I like it that way when I hear it again, I'm like, Wow, I forgot about that, you know, so it's yeah, it's a pleasant surprise, you know
1: and I think you mentioned a bit about Kenny working separately in a different studio and also sending you things over the internet, so how, how much is that a part of the writing process as well of, of bringing like pre-made ideas and pre-made riffs before you get together?
0: Um, so far, I mean, he really seems to enjoy, we all do, we all, all four of us enjoy the spontaneity of the way we, we do things. now. Uh, you know, where you show up at 10.30 in the morning at the studio and we jam, you know, somebody's got an idea and by six o'clock, you know, five, six o'clock in the evening, we're laying down drum tracks for a song that didn't exist that morning. You know, we'll take a short break for lunch if we even have time, and if not, we just keep rolling. You know, and uh, we all enjoy that process so far. The a lot of the stuff's really not changing with the Kenny up in New York and 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 me down here working with Dwayne. Uh, stuff hasn't changed yet. But he's doing some more guitar tracks today to send down here, and I'll be back at Dwayne next Wednesday. Um, and I'll hear what he's got going on, lay down some guitar tracks, and the song I did last night needs needs. It's not done yet, you know. We need to figure out what Kenny's going to do vocally on the song. Uh, but you know, it's it it works. It's a system. We you know through trial and error, very quick trial and error. Uh we figured out a um a, a formula that works for us writing and eyes and, and tracking and uh it's working great.
1: And in terms of the the lyrics for I Am, are you contributing or is that all Kenny?
0: Oh so far it's been all Kenny, but the one I that I sang last night for my attempted singing uh lead vocals on, I wrote the lyrics for that. So that's kind of um like I haven't, you know, the lyrics when you're a lyricist, it's kind of like that's your own thing, you know. So, I would never go. I, that word's weird, you know. Maybe you try. It's like you know. That's his. Uh, it's his creativity, and it's his. Uh, it's him pouring his heart out, you know, in in the vocals that he's singing and in the lyrics that he's writing. So, um, you know, uh, I think that whoever, I could write lyrics, but if he's gonna sing them, he'll probably go back and change. Have you know? So if I'm gonna sing sporadically here and there on a track and be considered the main vocalist and lyricist of that particular song, I would write them. And I mean, you know, we all decided as well, you know, when you're young, a lot of times people have egos and stuff. We don't, that's my whole thing. And all of the guys agree. And we all do It's just, when we arrive in the morning and we see each other, just leave your ego at the door, positive mental attitude. Let's have fun and let's just create and there's nothing one of the best feelings in the world for me is writing music that way and it's like i love the fact that you wake up and something doesn't exist and then you go to bed and it's there forever now it's pretty amazing so it's a very cool thing it is and that's how crowbar is now down has always been that way we wrote three songs the first day uh, when we got together with down in 1991 we wrote um Temptations, Wings, Losing All and Bury Me in Smoke in a Day, recorded them on a four track demo the next day. And then uh, Phil had to fly back to uh, Arlington uh, for Pantera. So, you know, that kind of taught me like, wow, you know, you, you can write on the spot. that That's I really learned a lot of that approach to working with down and how crowbar does it. Like if somebody's got a riff, I call it a money riff. If you have a killer riff, a song can be written around that riff. So whether it's with crowbar, if it's me, Matt or Shane, if somebody's got a great riff, I'm like, all right, we're going to write a song around this. And we do same thing with down. Somebody's got a riff. I consider the song done because you got the hard part is coming up with the initial idea. And I guess after so many years of doing this and so much experience, at least I like to think that you know you know where to go with it, you know where to take the ball and run, so to speak with with the song, and the song ends up writing itself, you know so which is a good thing
1: no that's that's an interesting way to 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 look at it, but I guess that that makes a lot of sense, particularly when you play music where the riffs are a big part of it. if you have like you say the money riff, like not everyone can get the money riff, so if you've got it, it's kind of like the Holy Grail, and you just kinda of gotta prepare the territory around it,
0: yeah, I mean and. I'm not using the money riff in like a bread. It's just, you know, that that's my term for it, meaning, all right, we got the hard, you know, we got the the meat and potatoes of this song. We need to add spice and everything else to it with more. Like uh and over the years, I mean, I think, you know, everybody in Down, I know for sure, and even Crowbar, I think we've and and now with I am, we're learning it together through trial and error, but it's going fantastic, thank God. Um how to just feed off one another, and it's it 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 happens very 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 quickly uh and you know like people ask ask me sometimes like and it's true for down as well, you know, are there any like you know unreleased crowbar or down tracks, and I'm like, no, if it's not good enough to make the record, we just I might keep a riff and write a new song around it years later, something'll come up, you know. Uh, but uh, it's if it does, it's not good enough to make the record, we don't keep it to release it, you know, if it doesn't feel it was good enough as a song to make it onto a record, why would I try to get people to buy it, you know? So, uh, you know, I don't have it, for me at least, there's no, like, lost crowbar tracks or whatnot, you know?
1: No, I think um, I saw you also talking about kind of when you got together intentionally not wanting to just take the easy option and go, right, we can just basically take 50% crowbar and 50% Typo Negative and splice them together. Um, but I'm wondering, in these sessions that you've had together, have there been any moments where someone's come up with a bit of music and one of you goes, Ah, no, that sounds too much like Negative," typo- or that sounds too much like crowbar, and you go, we don't want to do this because it sounds too referential, or has that not happened?
0: Sounded like Peter a bit. Uh, like some of the riffs that you hear, you would think, may, maybe think uh, that I wrote it, but I didn't. And vice versa, you know, it's like certain things. I mean, Carnivore and and the, and really the Slow Deep and Hard Typo negative record was such huge influences me on me. Really Slow Deep and Hard Typo was the last record to actually, I'll, I'll say, influence me as a songwriter. But then I was the uh, first Crowbar record was getting written and recorded, and it became crowbar, you know, uh, but I've come up with a couple of things and, and, uh, like, you know, Johnny's been like, oh, that, that sounds like carnivore. That sounds, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that one sounds a bit like something Peter would do. And I'm going, yeah, but it's, it's actually, I, when I started doing it, I was thinking Jimi Hendrix, but I get it, you know, and I mean, who doesn't love Hendrix? I'm sure Pete loved him too. Fuck, They did a cover of Hey Joe, well, Hey yeah. Pete, you know, on the, on the piece. So, um, but yeah, it, it hasn't been. I think that, and it's natural. It's not like, oh, I can't show them that Riff, it sounds like crowbar. It, it sonically, we sound nothing like typo or crowbar. There's no keyboards, you know, and Josh was a vital yep. part of that band. And with the tuning being standard, we tune the same as fucking, you know, uh whatever, the Doobie Brothers or something. You know, it, the point. it's it doesn't sonically, the tones are cleaner. It's not sonically as heavy. Uh, or aggressive as um, as type of crowbar. There's no fast stuff, no hardcore beats, anything. We talked about all of that shit, and it's just kind of naturally evolved where I really think we have, we all know what our, all four of us agree that we know what our sound is now. So that's a great, you know, a great thing to actually find what you set out to do relatively early on in this whole thing we've only you know you add it up together we haven't even been in the same room together more than 20 something days ever you know so
1: yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild and you have 10, 10 songs and
0: have dreams i will die with the sun come out of that is pretty amazing
1: and you you mentioned before the sort of parallel with down about how when you first got together you you had like three songs out of one session um does it feel like this kind of from having had that experience of Down, do you think that has informed a fair bit of how you've gone about doing this? Because you've, you've had that experience of having a band that came out of other bands and it was sort of, I don't know quite what I'm trying to say here. Cause I did, I guess there was a time when Down was like the main band and then that's shifted over time. Is that, is that true to say? Yeah. I mean, it
0: started out as a side project. And then when we did Down 2 in late 2001 and then toured for it after that, was kind of when, you know, there was falling outs between, uh, you know, Diamond Vinny with Rex and Phil and whatnot. Uh, So um, it became our main band for on and off, but for a long time. And then now that I've rejoined down, it's simply a side project again, which is really better. We all do so many different things, you know. I mean, it's back to C.O.C. being Pepper's main band. I hate God's Jimmy Bauer's main band. Obviously, Pantera is Phil's main band right now, and you know, but he's still got all his other projects as well. And I mean, I, I got Crowbar, I, and I am, and then Down, whenever you know. I mean, with Down, it's 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 fun, you know. And I think that um, that doing it more as a, as just the icing on the cake in, in our careers and, in and, and what, you know, not where this the pressure is not there when it's your main band. The pressure is immense, especially in a band, you know, like, uh, with, you know, Phil in it and, and, uh, and, and just, you know, all eyes on you and this and that, uh, you know, Rex was in it for a good while and, you know, it's like, well, you got half a fucking Pantera in this band you got, Pepper in the band, you got, you know, uh me and Jimmy in the band. It's like, wow, this is like Pepper calls it. it yeah, it's a bunch of heavy hitters. It's like everybody's a fucking, you know, one of the main guys in their main bands they are known for. Um, but um, I mean, I learned early on like that, and I think that when we do get together when we're about to, believe it or not, I got so much going on, but it's about to be uh, downwriting time as well. And, and just talk of, you know, an EP, uh, and you know, the, every time I see Phil, which is not that often, but when I do, you know, we talk about things briefly. And like I said, we just want it to be fun. And that's the whole thing with I am, I really feel that it can grow into something really great and different and and successful. Uh But we wouldn't have even gotten further than the first song if we didn't have fun doing it. At the end of the day, if we were doing this for money, we all would have quit a long time ago. And that's the problem is, you know, how many years, you know, did like for me, how many years with crowbar did I ride in a fucking van and come home with no money? You know, we basically played for fuel, beer, and food, you know, and toured around the United States fucking two months at a time. And I come home with $50, you know, and go back to some shitty day job or something, you know? So you got to really be, you got to really be passionate about what you're doing to actually reach a level of success, but also to maintain it. And for me, at least by, uh, like Tommy, our drummer for Crowball, uh, was like, they call me the old man called they call me the old man because I'm older than all of them. So he's like, Jesus, old man, you know, you know, you got another fucking band. And I'm like, that's my day job now. My day job is, okay, we're we're taking a break from Crowball for six months. Well, I'm doing something. I'm doing another solo record, which I actually have my second one complete. Uh, and it came out great. But I'm like, I'm gonna always I, I like to write music, record music, and play and play music you know and that's my job so if i have to be if i have to have a solo band crowbar down and i am in order to make a living and make me happy then so be it that's a blessing you know most people that start out don't even have one band i got four you know so fuck that's great thank you
1: it's pretty damn cool and then you know as the fans we get to appreciate all of the output from that so it's a it's a bonus for us too and
0: then it shows you know like like that you I mean I listen to so many styles of music people would not believe what I listen to you know like and and it's an influence on me I mean I listen to 80s pop in in the car
1: well to be fair I think everyone should have the reference point of the fact that you covered Dreamweaver with Crowbar so that should instantly be a little indicator that it's not all Black Sabbath and that will true
0: and you know what it's the whole thing is with cover songs like I did Aqua first uh, solo record, and I did, did one on my second solo record that people hear coming up, and, um, you know, it. it's like there's no challenge in doing a cover of a Sabbath song. To me, it's already as heavy as you can get, you know? I mean, you can take Dreamweaver and make it sound heavy. You actually accomplish something, and my wife hates that song from when we were kids, and but she likes to, she loves the crowbar version, you know? And then our drummer, Tommy Buckley for crowbar, he refuses to play it. And every night somebody screams out dream wave. And I just turn around and look at him and we laugh, you know, it's like an ongoing joke now. But, uh, but that was really, I did that as a joke and, then you know, we were all kind of drunk. It was really, really late at night. And then uh, I don't even know if the lyrics are right, you know, uh, but I got up the next day and listened to it. And I'm like, it's actually fucking pretty killer, you know? Maybe we'll just have it for a bonus track, and that's basically what it is on the Equilibrium record, but it was fun doing it. But yeah, that, that's a good... I listen to shit like that more than I listen to in anything new and heavy, really, you know?
1: So you've you've mentioned some of the the, the variety of different things that you've got going on right now. Obviously, you're continuing to work on the the IM tracks. You said you've completed the, the second solo record. You're going to probably be recording or playing with down again soon do you also have crowbar um plans for the for the coming months
0: yeah we start a tour in limerick ireland or limerick when we say limerick in the states but i think it's limerick Uh, uh on february 23rd we do three shows in ireland have a day off and then do 14 in a row in the uk so we're hitting pretty much everywhere from edinburgh all the way down to the bottom basically of England. We had a Welsh show as well, I think, or somewhere around that area. But, um, so it's 17 shows in Ireland and the UK. So we're basically, we're hitting towns I've never heard of. And I've been to England a million times, you know. Uh, So we're doing that. And then we're doing a short tour in the US, like two and a half week tour, a couple of weeks after that. Like we'll be done in the UK, I think. I don't even know. Um, second, like second week of March. And then we leave like two weeks later for a t- two and a half week uh, tour down here, uh, which we'll have a local New Orleans show. We're going to start at and then we we have we kind of ended at uh, I think it's a decibel. It's like a metal and beer festival or something in Philadelphia uh, on either the 12th or 13th of April. So um. And then from there, we don't have anything else uh, booked for Crowbar. We're trying, you know, there's talk of stuff. But at the same time, you know, we did all of of 2022 with Crowbar overseas and uh, here in the States. And then last year, we went to Europe slash UK slash Scandinavia uh, four times in five months. So we've kind of played everywhere possible, but we've only done sporadically sporadic shows in the UK and Ireland. That's why we're kind of doing a full, full on, you know, uh, tour of of those territories. And then, I mean, I'm trying to think, I'm like, well, where the fuck are we going to play in Germany? Where are we going to play in the Netherlands? Where are we going to play in Belgium? Where are we going to play in France? You know, where are we going to, where are we going to play other than, I mean, even Poland, you know, we did a headlining show in Poland on one of the tours. We also, did a, a festival in, in Poland with uh, Pantera and Haybreed. So it was, it was, you know, it was amazing. Uh, but, you know, as we even go on East, it's like, we played Croatia, you know, this this year in Zagreb, which is a main, uh, main market there. So, you know, it's kind of like with all the shit I got going on, crowbar at the end of the day is still the main thing in the bread and butter. And uh, it's getting to where, okay, maybe. Summertime, it's time for scrollball yeah. writing, you know, and or going into the fall, and uh, and and we get back to doing that because it's a shame on the latest record. We all love it. It only came out, came out March fourth of March last year, twenty twenty two. So it's only coming up on two years old, you know. But we did a lot of touring and hit a lot of territories in those two years. So. I think it's about time, as you know, with all the talk of, uh, of I am and everything else, which right now that is my I'm on like I, in order to do all this stuff and in order to like actually absorb everything that's going on and not confuse myself too much. I have to put myself in. I call it like right now I'm in I am world. Musically, that's all I'm thinking of solo records complete it's done you know it's it's in the can waiting to get see what we're going to do with that um down is about to begin writing and stuff but uh um when when i I just told the guys on an email not long you know 30 minutes before this this interview um like look you know by i'm available up until about mid-january and then i need to get into quote crowbar world uh, to get prepared for the Ireland and UK tour. And, uh, and then I have home two weeks and then go out for two and a half weeks here in the States. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I kind of have to do that. It I've tried. It's very difficult. Like for a while, you know, doing, when down was my main band, I'd still do crowbar. And then I was doing more kingdom of sorrow with Jamie Josta as well. So it's very difficult to do like a, six week down tour come home for two weeks and then go on tour with kina Masaro. you have to go home decompress and then learn how to play that style again everything i do is completely different styles as a guitarist you know it's all different um and and i like it that way i mean why do three or four things that all sound the same you know you want to broaden your horizon expand you know expand everything a bit and uh it, it works. So, you know, no, no complaints.
1: And with all the recording plans and all the touring plans as well, have you discussed and do you think you have time for touring as I am? Is that, is that something that you want to do?
0: We're in the process, process of discussing it right now. Like, uh, I really
1: think that in my opinion,
0: you know, getting at least an, an EP out and maybe getting a support slot with a bigger band would be ideal where we could play a short, shorter list maybe you know play the songs tend to be kind of long you know they kind of average around that close to five minutes thing so you know you get 40 minutes or something supporting somebody you do a six song ep and you you throw in maybe two that people haven't heard yet or you know maybe do a cover for fun or whatever you know um but there's we're in the process of trying to figure ourselves out right now like what we're going to do with i am but It's something that when we got together, we didn't talk about. And even like as it's as it's continued to grow, now it's becoming a real thing that hey, we can do this. Let's let's just see what happens, you know. I mean, it's really difficult to to get a new band off the ground these days, but we do have a pretty solid lineup. And more importantly, it's not even who's in it. I I just think the songs are great. You know, I love I love what, what we're doing, where we're going. I love the chemistry of the us, you know, myself and the other three guys. And, you know, I think I I say it all the time. I'm like, guys, you know, in my opinion, the sky's the limit. I mean, if we really work on this, I think it can really become something real, you know. Well, so
1: as a fan of pretty much everything that all of you have done up to this point, I'm sure there'll be many, many people like me who have the same feeling that from the songs that are available so far, it's it's really, really great and it's really exciting and we're all really looking forward to, to hearing what comes next. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, You've got so much going on. I'm looking forward to hearing the new solo record. I'm looking forward to what comes next with I Am. I'm going to be in the UK when you tour with Crowbar, so I will definitely come and see you live then. Oh, okay.
0: Where, where are you are you a Londoner or?
1: Uh, I'm going to be in Oxford for a few months, and then I'm going to be in Glasgow after that. So okay. I will somewhere on your journey from north to south. I'll make sure I catch you.
0: Catch the train. I know we do. We do Edinburgh. Probably see 23, 24, 25. I think the 27th of March is Edinburgh. So that's probably, a, I've taken a train from Glasgow to Edinburgh before. Drunk as a
1: skunk, but it was fun. I'm sure you weren't the only one that was drunk on that train. No, not up there. You know, Not, not at all. Well, Kirk, thank you so much again for your time. It was a great pleasure. And um, yeah, yeah man. all the best. Thank you
0: so much. Have a great one.
1: Cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs>
0: This has been another episode of the Ghost Quote Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace.